With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Get on over to Smitty1.com and click on the Underdog Fantasy banner. Deposit a minimum of 10 bucks, and I'll give you a free phone call. We'll talk draft, trade, whatever you want. Go to Smitty1.com, click on the Underdog Fantasy banner, and make sure promo code Smitty's entered. Let's go. Welcome to the most, I don't know, hyped up show that I do each week, the Buy Low, Sell High show. And this is for week four. Let's break it down. I'm putting all the potential buy lows and sell high players right above my head. And we're going to drag them to the appropriate side of the screen. The tricky part about walking into weeks four, five, six is a lot of these guys start falling in both categories. You could sell them high or you could buy them low or you could hold them. So in many of these cases, it won't be as simple as taking the player and, and dragging them over and leaving them. How about Zeke Elliott and Lamb? Zeke bouncing back. I mean, you could explore selling high just like I talk about with every player like if you can get the right deal but I like Zeke moving forward especially if you have Pollard so more of a hold than anything because one game might not spike his value up enough for me to want to get rid of him and CD Lamb coming off of what did Lamb have Lamb had kind of a disappointing outing three catches for 66 yards and you know the tight end's not going to normally get two TDs and be the leading wide receiver for this Dallas Cowboys attack so I go buy Lamb if you can. I don't think his owners are going to be careless and reckless with his value, but you might want to take a stab. And if you got a guy like Cup or Lockett going off, that's the kind of swap that I look to do if you can get something else in the deal because Cup is going to have more value than Lamb moving forward. I like it. Attack Lamb in a lot of creative ways, especially in two-for-ones or two-for-twos or three-for-twos. Those, The more complicated you make it, the more likely you're going to get an owner to give Lamb up a little cheaper than they should be giving him up. Let's break it down. Buy low, sell high style. The Fantasy Football Show begins now. This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. Smitty! Okay, I'm going to grab a random name. Totally unscripted. Do I sell high on Chris Carson? Do I buy low? Do I hold? To be honest with you, the volume doesn't seem to be there for him. I'm going to sell him high if I can. I would hold him. If, if if I couldn't get enough. He came into the season ripped and ready to rumble, but only 13 carries in week two, only 12 carries in week number three. And the dude's feeling a little bit sketchy in terms of getting the volume he needs to deliver what he did on, on, on Sunday, which was 80 yards and a touchdown on 12 carries. Three receptions in week one, zero in week two, and only two receptions for two yards in week three. I'm sorry, but the volume is currently not there for... Carson to warrant the current value he has. Buy low heading into San Fran, the Rams, and Pittsburgh. Try and get yourself a JT who is going to be also a buy low and sell high potentially on this list. We're going to go over that in a minute, but 
go get yourself a, a Gibson who could be on the buy low and sell high list. Like I said, a lot of guys are going to qualify for both categories, but I think getting a Gibson and something for Carson might be doable. And while we're on the topic of Gibson, do we sell them high? Do we buy them low? How about both? Do we hold them? The answer is all three of those. Depends on what you're working with. Now, if you have him, you could try and sell high off of the 70 plus yard touchdown reception that he got and without that the volume really wasn't there for him <laughs> wow watching the eagle game as i do this video so the cowboys and eagles players I'm, i might leave till last because the game will end and i can i can throw them in at the end that's why you don't see any of them really right here so carry wise we're looking at 20 carries for gibson in week one a really good week one 90 yards on the ground three receptions for 18 yards over 100 total yards and people don't really remember that they just think oh my god Gibson's doing horrible. He had a good week one. Only 13 carries in week two. Only 12 carries in week three. Receptions haven't been that great. Three, two, and one in the back-to-back-to-back weeks. But the one reception in week three was a 73-yard touchdown. Take that out, and, and he would have had a horrible game. He would have had no receptions for no receiving yards and only 31 yards rushing with no TDs. If you're a Gibson prospecting owner, you have two ways to look at this, okay? Gibson got the touchdown. Gibson could turn things around. They see his explosiveness in the in the receiving game. Maybe they want to get him the football more. You could look at it that way, and you could buy low. And I'm okay with that. I Smitty approved buying low on Gibson. But you have to buy low. You have to buy him at a level where you know his owner's thinking what I just said to you, that the volume hasn't been there. You want to buy him only if the owner of him is like, oh my God, I have an opportunity to sell him. Somebody's going to think he's worth something. I don't trust him because he had nothing but that 73-yard receiving touchdown. I'll trade him away. And then you can buy him low. You can buy him using maybe a, I don't know, Daryl Henderson coming back off injury and then you throw in a Brandon Cooks. Like I said earlier, maybe you trade Chris Carson for him. I'd take the chance on Gibson over Carson. I would. Their volume's not that much different and he's got way more upside in my opinion. He's still a running back one in my mind. I worry about him. I worry about that he's on the fence of becoming a running back two. Maybe worse or rebounding into a top five to six running back. It really does come down to whether Washington will feed him. It's not about talent. He is a running back one talent-wise. You're banking on whether the Washington football team will make him a running back one because he's capable of it or hold him back. That's your bet. You're not betting on Gibson. You're betting on the football team. Hold him if you can't get enough. Buy him if you can buy him at Carson levels or Brandon Cooks with a running back. Sell a Brandon Cooks or a wide receiver like that and then add this window dressing. We talked about it on our YouTube exclusive call on Sunday where you add a Cordero Patterson in as window dressing and then and then the deal looks good. You got Cordero Patterson mixed with a Brandon Cooks or a receiver like that that is not going to continue to go crazy and go nuts. And you get yourself a Gibson like that. But if I had to pick and I got to leave him one place or the other, I'm going to say buy low more than I'm going to say sell high. Because what are you really going to sell him high for? Can you sell him high? What is selling high? Selling high would be buying low on two additional players or one single player. You know, maybe somebody's worried about McCaffrey and you could get him for Gibson. Sure, I probably would take something like that. Who wouldn't? Maybe you can add Gibson and Cooks and get like a, a, a Dalvin Cook. I would sell high, but only in a package deal, most likely, or across position. I would sell Gibson for maybe 
a DK Metcalf if I could weather through the running back hit that that might present my team. I take DK over Gibson. That's selling high to me. But in general, I'm attacking him in the buy low uh, category and from that angle. Next up, A-Rob. I'm selling high. You may not sell really high, but I'm selling high. I'm worried about Fields. I'm worried about Chicago. I, I can't stand Nagy. Where's Monty? Monty somewhere in here. Throw Monty into that mix. I don't know why I've got them with different colors here, but Monty and A-Rob, I'm selling both of them. I don't trust Chicago. And and you may say, well, they're, they're, they're ultra talented and Fields might get in a, in a groove and connect with A-Rob until I see it. I'm not going to believe it because I feel like Nagy and the Bears can hold back a talent like Fields or hold back a talent like Monty, hold back a talent like A-Rob. And so for that reason, I'm doing what I can to sell them. Now, can you get a ton one for one? No, you got to get creative in the sense that if you're going to trade away a player like A-Rob or Monty, you got to find a player that's equivalent when all things are going great for both of them. So Monty, when he's great, he's like a third round value. Go find a wide receiver that, that feels like when things are great, they're a second round value, but they're playing like a third round value. How do you trade a guy that's supposed to be a second rounder at third round value with a guy that's supposed to be a third round value in Monty that's playing like a fourth or fifth rounder? You add another player in to try and vault Monty's feel or the feel of the trade into that third round value. So you're trading for a Ridley who's a second rounder who feels like a third rounder right now for a guy like Monty that you got to prop up using another player like Brandon Cooks like I keep using or Cordero Patterson whoever you can mix into the the trade to make it feel third round heavy it's got the heaviness of a third round overall value then trade him that's how you trade a Monty or an A-Rub you don't trade him straight up you add something and you go attack a Ridley, a DK Metcalf. I'd trade A-Rod or Monty for A.J. Brown, who's hurt right now because someone's going to freak out and give me A.J. Brown. I'll wait a week on A.J. Brown. You're running a risk that it could be a two, three, four-week injury, so monitor the news before you pull the trigger as something could come out tomorrow or today before you make the deal, but in general, I'd rather have A.J. Brown, even if he misses one or two weeks, than I would A-Rob right now. Again, different scenario altogether if it ends up being that A.J. Brown's going to miss like five, six weeks. Zeke's about to punch another one in. I go buy Kyle Pitts. You can't sell him high. He can't qualify for the sell high category he is a buy low people overdrafted him no one should have been drafting him in the third and fourth round i saw it all the time and it made me very very uncomfortable i however did feel he could earn top four to five tight end value for a rookie and i still think he can do that so buy him at price tag value way outside of fifth round like way like you can buy him so cheap right now comparative to where he got taken so buy low on this man before he rebounds into maybe top five to six tight end value right now you can get him as like a, a seven or an eight tight end type value in, in a trade that goes across position like i think if you said hey i'll give you my tight end seven for kyle pitts people would go no but if you hide it or mask the trade in a way that you're doing some kind of a cross position trade zeke welcome back zeke elliott Oh, God, is he in? Oh, they're going to review that. But welcome back, Zeke Elliott. Oh. 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 No. 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 Dalvin Cook, you could sell him high. So we need to talk about that for a second. You could sell him high. You could sell him for... A struggling JT 
and a wide receiver. Like maybe somebody gives you Ridley and JT. Maybe somebody gives you Mixon and, and JT or Antonio Brown and, and, a, and a running back. Maybe Gibson and Ridley. Like you could get that kind of deal and then we're talking. That, sell high. You could sell high on anybody. I could take any name anywhere on this list, any player in fantasy football. You could, you could, Josh Allen's one of my favorite players. I don't want to trade him for anything, but I could find a way to take Josh Allen and put him over in the sell high category because everything in fantasy is a business decision. Buying low, selling high, getting extra pieces for your team. Um, Zeke Elliott didn't get that touchdown. And so in that case, you can find a way to sell Cook high, but I'm going to buy him low if I can, and I'm going to make him live over in the buy low category because I feel like I could I could buy him at a value you probably shouldn't be able to buy him at. So if you've got, let's say, a uh, locket doing really well and you can mix locket with another player that's also doing well that you don't necessarily believe in for the long term let's use uh let's use barkley as an example i would i would trade barkley away with uh, a, a cooks and we keep using cooks i trade barkley and julio i trade barkley and a couple different players for dalvin cook if i can weather the storm especially if i already have alexander madison so this advice particularly pertains to people that own alexander madison you listened to me, you acquired Alexander Madison in free agency, or you drafted him and you held him and you get to reap the rewards of, of starting this man. You have a particular place, a special place in line to get Cook at a discount because you're the guy that's going to be starting potentially Madison for maybe another game, maybe not. We'll find out what the news suggests for week four. But You've got a little bit of power to say, hey, give me Cook, I'll give you a lot. Otherwise, you could send the Cook owner Madison in a deal and hold Madison over their head, or you just hold him and expect Cook to maybe get banged up again. If he rushes back, he could re-injure himself. There's a laundry list of ways that he could get hurt, and I do worry about him getting hurt, but if you own Madison, you're protected. Don't go getting Cook without Madison, though. I'd rather you sell high if you don't own Madison, to be honest. So this one depends on where Madison lies and lives. Is he on your team? Is he on somebody else's team? Cook is a risk. But as indicated in the game by the play of Alexander Madison, one of my favorite win-a-league stash running backs that everybody was so down on because of one game last year where he didn't deliver. Cook and Madison are a very, very safe top five running back and and i like buying low when you can make sure you have the duo mike williams is a really really overperforming player that i still like a lot i would hold him if you can't get enough i would definitely hold him but i would explore selling high would i go get a calvin ridley for mike williams i would and and you may not agree with that you may say hey it is what it is we're we're three weeks in but we've seen this time and time again I've seen this so many times in my 20 years doing this. There's there's no way, in my opinion, that Mike Williams is going to beat out Ridley and DK and Justin Jefferson and all these guys. I'm selling high if anybody's buying him at top five wide receiver value. I will hold him if no one's going to give him top you know, 10 wide receiver respect. And I would buy low if the price were right, but it's not going to be. No one's going to sell this man at a reasonable price. So he can't even go in this category, I think, at all. He is a sell high more than anything. I would, again, hold him if I couldn't get a ton, but he's definitely a really, really, really good sell high, especially if you're going after a DK Metcalf. I'd take DK Metcalf over Mike Williams in a heartbeat. And I would probably go get 
a Gibson if I needed to go cross position. You could maybe get more. I would trade Diggs. I would go get Diggs for Mike Williams in a heartbeat, even if I had to give up a little bit more. And some might tell you, you don't need to give up more. You could do it straight up. I'll take Stefan Diggs all day long. Mixon, I, I, I buy low and I sell high. It depends on, on what value he has in that particular league. I'll put him over here for now. Don't sell low. Don't sell medium. You sell high or you don't sell at all. And let's get Cooper Cup out of the way because this is going to make people upset. They're going to go, why on earth would you sell Cooper Cup? I don't know how many times I'm going to have to repeat this, but I'll keep repeating it to make sure everybody understands me. You do not sell any player high or low or medium or anything. You don't sell at all. You lock your, your trade ability away with a key and throw it away if you're winning and dominating. Why would you trade Cooper Cup if you were dominating and winning with him? If you're 3-0, highest scoring team in your league or a top two high scoring team and Cooper Cup's leading you to victory, why would you trade him? I'm taking away the ammunition for all the people in the chat that are going to say, I would never trade Cooper Cup. Why would you trade Cooper Cup? Why are those words coming out of your mouth? But if you can sell him as a top one to two to three wide receiver to somebody, not saying he can't continue to do it, but the likelihood of him being in a top one to two, three finish at the end of the year is pretty unlikely. And if your team is hurting, if you're not doing well, if you do an inward look, an honest inventory on your squad, and you say, I can't win, I've got to take advantage of this buy low opportunity that's out there for all these other guys and a sell high opportunity for Cup. I got to go try and get Gibson and Ridley for Cup and someone small. You might be able to trade Cooper Cup for Ridley and Gibson and give up like a Cordero Patterson. You could truly swing the craziest deals right now involving Cooper Cup. And I don't want to hear, no, you can't, my league doesn't trade. Look, I can't force all of your leagues to be active in trading. You may not have a league that trades at all. I can't help that. But what I do know for a fact is I got a HeySmitty.com text line phone where I get, I can't tell you how many people talking about all these scenarios. I probably have the best temperature of what you can get away with in a trade and what you can't based on all the volume of texts that I get where people are asking me, hey, should I make this trade? These are legit people considering a trade offer that's coming in and I'm either like, take it or don't take it. Or, hey, I've got a trade offer I'm gonna cook up. And I'm like, you're not gonna get that. And then they get it. The person accepts the deal. I've seen it all. I see it all every week. I have a great temperature as to what you can get away with. And I'm telling you right now, more people than I expected are getting away with trading Cooper Cup for a Ridley and a big name running back that's struggling. A Diggs and something else. And I'm buying Diggs low, as I mentioned. I'm putting Diggs right here. I'm selling high on Cooper Cup. I'm holding him. I can't stress it enough if no one's giving me what I need to get out of him. But I'm putting him in the sell high category because more often than not, I'm going to take advantage of him going crazy right now and assume that a Diggs is still going to do what I, I expect him to do. Josh Allen, one week ago, after two bad weeks, was like, okay, he's not going to be the guy we thought he was. After one week, everyone's back on the Josh Allen train. This will happen with Diggs. It will happen with Calvin Ridley. It will happen with Hopkins, who had a bad week. You're buying Hopkins low. AB. AB had COVID. He disappointed a lot of people. He's going to be back. Buy him low. I'm selling high on Barkley. I talked about that already. Najee Harris is a real uh, a tough one to categorize because I love him. I'm buying him low if I can. But I think after last week, 
pulling in almost 85,000 receptions in one game. I don't think anybody's going to sell him. I don't think anybody's going to sell this man right now. So your only option is to hold or potentially sell high if the price is right. Like, you need a deal, like I mentioned with Cup. You're only trading. I can't stress it enough. You're only trading. If you can't win, you're being honest. You're looking in the mirror. You're looking at your team and you say, I can't win. I have to make a trade. I have to make a trade or I'm not going to be competitive. Then you look at, well, can Najee get me Gibson and Ridley? Do I have to throw in a little something I don't care about to get that done? Can I get Javante Williams and Diggs together using Najee Harris? You got to look at that. Clyde, I'm, I'm buying low. I don't think I'm, I'm selling him if I think I can get out of this kind of cloudy situation. He's definitely still risky. Let's be honest. That touchdown was very, very good for Clyde. That touchdown made Clyde have some kind of revival thing going on. Like, it really saved his career in a way. If, if Clyde didn't punch in a touchdown on Sunday, I'm telling you right now, I would have been very worried about the the path he was going to be on moving forward. Scoring a touchdown does something to a player. It's like breaking down a wall or a barrier or a mental wall. And for him to get in the end zone to get the support of his team as he punched it in, I think he's got a clean slate in some respects, in his mind at least. Even if nothing was really wrong between him and Andy Reid, he fumbled twice. He never fumbles. He never fumbled really in college at all. I think he might have fumbled once or, or never. He had never fumbled in the NFL until last week. He's had two fumbles. It's been a mind game, but scoring that touchdown, I firmly believe, will reset everything for Clyde. But because there's still some cloudiness around his value, if you could sell him high and buy low on a player that, that also was doing badly like Gibson, I'm not opposed to that. I'm not opposed to a Clyde for Gibson swap if you want to just get into a different level of risk with a player you believe in a little more. But for the most part, I'm still buying Clyde if his owner's feeling exactly the way I just described. Like, ah, oh, man, I've, I've got a little bit of wiggle room to get rid of him. Then I probably do buy him. Jamar Chase, I mean, I want to hold him more than anything. So let me stress that. But I'm forcing myself. I'm going to talk about holding, but I'm going to force myself to drop these guys off either at the sell high school or the buy low school. And you can't buy him low. There's no way you're buying him low. He's going crazy. I told you to buy him low heading into week one when everybody panicked about him dropping footballs or not running routes right. Like, was there a worry that he could be slow starting because of all that? Yeah, but he was set to be a top five wide receiver all offseason for me for the future. And the dude looks like he's doing it as a rookie. Everybody, as I've described, is a sell high candidate if the price is right. So go ahead and explore, test the trade water, see what you can cook up to get rid of Jamar Chase for a Ridley and something for a DK Metcalf and something. Of course, explore the trade waters. Javante and DK for Jamar Chase. I would do that in a heartbeat. And I love Jamar Chase, but you got to think outside the box. You can't be stubborn and go, I can't trade Cooper Cup. I can't trade Jamar Chase. They're doing great. Make a business decision for your team. Everything's about improving your team, buying low, selling high, getting components of your team that weren't there that you shouldn't have because you did a great job selling and buying just because you believe in a stock doesn't mean you won't sell it to buy it later same thing with fantasy football doesn't mean you don't believe in jamar chase if you sell him for a ridley and javante williams or a dk and javante williams same thing about eckler i sell eckler if the price is right otherwise i hold him javante i'm buying i think that fumble last week and the fact that he hasn't really ripped it off yet or taken the job and melvin gordon's looked pretty good in the the time that he's been given 
people are like, I'm ready to move on. So you could have him as a throw-in. I don't recommend going after Javante. Hey, Bob, uh, can I have Javante from you? Uh, why do you want him? Maybe he's going to pop off. That's why you're asking about him. I'm not trading him now. You've decided it for me. I was about to cut him. Now I'm holding on to him. Order of questioning is everything. Inquire about another player. AB sitting right next to him. Maybe you're trading for AB using another player. And you're like, hey, how about AB? And you throw Javante in. Make Javante window dressing in a trade. And I think you get him a lot cheaper than if you just attacked him. Buy Tyreek Hill. Don't worry about Tyreek Hill. He's always up and down. He's always inconsistent, but the dude's a beast. Lockett, I'm selling high. I'm sorry. You might love him. I've seen him emerge and then vanish. I'm not saying he'll vanish. I think he can continue to do well. So you hold him unless you're able to truly sell high, but I'm trying to sell him high at every turn. Swift, uh, I'm, I'll am i be honest, man. This is one of my, so far, bigger misses, but injury is always a concern with him. And he's been banged up already this year. And I don't want to hear, oh, Smitty, you're wrong already. It's a long season. I will admit that I'm on the track in the course of being wrong with Swift. I'll admit that. But there's still a lot to worry about. Jamal Williams is still very, very involved. And unless the volume is perfect for him, Swift can have that potential to vanish. And he's very injury prone. And the coaching staff does not want to let go of the committee approach. I will sell him at the right price or I will hold him. I, I repeat, I will hold Swift or I will sell him really, really high. But really high needs to be like you're going after a very struggling DK or Ridley and you're getting another player you love thrown into the deal. Maybe you can get Gibson and Ridley or Gibson and DK for Swift and a Brandon Cooks or something like that. I'll take that. I'll take Gibson and Ridley, Gibson and DK. That's the kind of creative DeAndre Swift type of trade I'm talking about. I'm not talking about anything else and I'm holding them unless you're getting that kind of value. Uh, Cream Hunt, you could sell high coming off this week, but I, I still believe he's a great value and I'm, I'm trying to buy low when I can throw him in a deal and the owner may not be totally sold on him. Nick Chubb, I'm selling high because while he's very efficient right now, He's still sharing majorly with with Cream Hunt. And if he isn't ultra, ultra efficient, which he has been, I I understand. That's why I'm not selling him low or even medium. I will hold Chubb before I sell him even medium. But if you can sell him high off of the numbers and, and, and the other owners, the prospective Chubb owners that you're talking to, they don't really know that the volume is a little bit concerning. The receivers aren't there to help support the run. There's a lot of things that can collapse for this offense. And... I would sell high on Chubb if I can. I would try and get those guys we're talking about, like CEH and Tyreek Hill for Chubb. I mean, or Ridley and Gibson, or CEH and Gibson, or maybe Kyle Pitts in a in a wide receiver like Diggs. I would do that if I could afford to do it. It, it wouldn't kill my roster or my roster build. I'm selling high on B Cooks. I've talked about that the whole show. And Ridley, I'm buying high. You know that by now. JT's a tough one because, I mean, I, I'm worried about him. I, I He was kind of an avoid for me at a certain value that he was going at on the regular coming into, like, September and, and, and mid-August to late August. But, but I did tell everyone while he's an avoid on draft day, he's a potential buy low mid-season or maybe a little bit before. And that might become the case very, very soon. Um, I think if you can get him for something way outside of, like, mid-second round value or even second round value entirely like you could get him for a third round value or trade some guys that are doing really really well that that like Mike Williams you could get JT 
four, then you do it. Or get rid of A-Rob and another player doing really, really well and get JT somehow. Trade Lockett for JT if you need a running back and you want to trade across position. I mean, there's there's ways to buy JT in ways that I'm comfortable with it. If I own him, I'm worried, and I hold him unless I could sell high. Would I sell him high? Yeah, but you probably can't right now. So he's either a hold or a strategic buy low only if you're buying in a very, very crafty way because there's still a ton of risk. And how about Zeke Elliott and Lamb? Zeke bouncing back. I mean, you could explore selling high just like I talk about with every player, like if you can get the right deal. But I like Zeke moving forward, especially if you have Pollard. So more of a hold than anything because one game might not spike his value up enough for me to want to get rid of him. And CD Lamb coming off a What did Lamb have? Lamb had kind of a disappointing outing. Three catches for 66 yards. And, you know, the tight end's not going to normally get two TDs and be the leading wide receiver for this Dallas Cowboys attack. So I go by Lamb if you can. I don't think his owners are going to be careless and reckless with his value, but you might want to take a stab. And if you got a guy like Cup or Lockett going off, that's the kind of swap that I look to do if you can get something else in the deal because Cup is going to have more value than Lamb moving forward. I like it. Attack Lamb in a lot of creative ways, especially in two-for-ones or two-for-twos or three-for-twos. Those, The more complicated you make it, the more likely you're going to get an owner to give Lamb up a little cheaper than they should be giving him up. That's it for right now in terms of buying low and selling high, but I can't emphasize enough that when I suggest that you sell a player high that is doing well, does not mean I don't believe in the talent. It does not mean that I don't believe they'll continue to do well. I still believe that Lockett can do well, but I'm selling high. I love Najee. I don't even, I'm going to put Najee over here because I feel it's too disrespectful to have him in that column, but do sell him high if you can. And Cup, I don't want to hear it. Cup's the best receiver to ever play the game is what a lot of you are going to say in the comments. I get you love him. But he's a great sell high if it makes sense for your team, as is Mike Williams. Now go out there, buy low, sell high, ask me a question in the comments, get my HeySmitty.com text service so we can go over these trade offers live on my text line one-on-one style. Join me every Tuesday and Thursday here on the channel, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern. And this is my live stream schedule. I'm live every Tuesday and Thursday, like I just mentioned, from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern. Every midnight Eastern on Friday and Saturday and every single Sunday morning, the entire one hour leading into kickoff on Instagram at the Fantasy Football Show on IG. And get on over to smitty1.com and click on the underdog banner. That is smitty1.com. The link is also in the description. Play underdog fantasy for week four, week five, week six, the whole season. If you have injuries strike, there's nothing better than creating a new team with new information. You're so much more versed on what's going on, right? It's week four. You know what's going on now. Draft a new team. Draft only for week four in a best ball league. And play DFS the right way at Underdog. Go to smitty1.com and click on the Underdog banner. Use promo code SMITTY. If you go to smitty1.com and click on the link, it takes you right to the site with my promo code entered. But if you venture there without listening to instructions... Go to smitty1.com or enter promo code SMITTY. Either one works. And play DFS and get a free sleeperu.com membership if you don't already have one. I will give you a content membership later. This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty.
running back. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. Smitty! Get on over to smitty1.com and play prize picks. Click on the prize picks banner. It's got a football player right on it. Enter promo code SMITTY, but the link should enter it for you, and I'll give you a free phone call. PrizePix will match your deposit up to $100. For new accounts only, get on over to smitty1.com, click on the PrizePix banner, play DFS the right way, and get your free phone call from me.